Student Union today for the second time, I believe, with Pastor Max Mons, St. Paul Lutheran Chapel and University Center in Iowa City, Iowa, serving students at the University of Iowa. Go Hawkeyes. How are you doing today, Max? We're doing well, Marcus. And you? I am doing fantabulous. It is great to have you on. One of the things we're doing is we're walking through uh, some of the sectionals that we had at our witness conference, and you did one that caught my eye. Not that I went to it. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I was busy doing conference conference chairman stuff, but <laughs> but I heard it was awesome. But you tackled the topic, Witnesses in the Bible. And I want to get to that, but first, tell us a little bit about campus ministry life how long have you been there at the University of Iowa, and what kind of a campus congregation, how would you explain that to people that maybe haven't been to Iowa City before? Sure. So I've been here since 2001. So this is my 17th, 18th year here at the University of Iowa. We're a town gown of sorts. We have some folks who are permanent members of the community. Uh, some of those are professors, doctors, lawyers in town. But we're also pretty big on the students. So our, our ratio is probably 75% student, 25% uh, counties. We operate on a kind of a normal church schedule of a Sunday morning divine service and Bible class. And then Wednesday night is kind of our LCMSU night where we have a Vesper service or an evening prayer service followed by a Bible study. And actually right now we're going through everyone his witness, uh, the program that we learned about at the Oh, you are. That is excellent. Yeah, so. Fantastic. That's wonderful to hear. Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. So, now, but let's dive into this. Witnessing in the Bible. Set the stage for us. Uh, Let's start maybe at Pentecost. Well, that's, that's kind of where I started with this. And I looked, and you've got Peter addressing the crowds on Pentecost Day. He's giving his sermon, and he speaks about the resurrection of Jesus, and he says, we are all witnesses. So there's this aspect of we are witnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the only means of salvation from sin, death, and hell. This is the story that Christians have to tell, and 
you've got Peter telling it right there on the day of Pentecost. And, you know, throughout the scriptures, we see this is what we are to talk about. Um, so you, you've got that aspect of we are all his witnesses. So this is our charge. And one of the things we do to everyone was witness uh, a workshop. Pastor Wood really brings that out. As this is well, why it, we're here, to be witnesses. It's a reasonable question to ask, though. I mean, we're not... How are we? We aren't. We aren't really witnesses. We are, but we we didn't really witness what they witnessed because we weren't there. How do we? How are we witnesses uh, yet today? Yeah, that's a great question, and it goes to your baptism. Uh, you weren't there to see it go down like they saw it go down, but in a very real sense, you were to borrow the phrase from the spiritual there when they crucified my Lord. Uh, in Romans 6, Paul talks and he says, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, and that we were buried with him in baptism and we were raised with him in baptism? Mm. So in a very real sense, we were crucified with Christ, buried with him, and raised with him. We are participants in that. So when we give witness, we're witnessing to what we've experienced, that we have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ. Uh, for our salvation. So we're we're talking about something that we have first-hand knowledge of, like a witness has first-hand knowledge of, of what it's, happened. It's almost like we we don't get the we we weren't there in the the, you know, chronological sense. We also didn't have the uh, road to Damascus moment like uh, like Paul did, but our moment is is in our baptism and in the faith that's been created us through God's word. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's where we're coming from on this. Yeah. Now, is this all up to us individually, or is this, uh, you know, something that we kind of do together when we talk about are we individually witnesses, or are we kind of collectively witnesses, or both? It's kind of a both thing. I mean, you and your own station and calling in life, so here at the campus of the University of Iowa, as students at the University of Iowa, we go out and we witness uh, to our friends, our classmates, our professors, but we do that as a part of the body of Christ. So the body doesn't consist of just one member, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, but of many members. And we work together uh, to to bring this witness about. And you really kind of see this uh, with the story of, of Apollos and Paul, right in the opening of, of 1 Corinthians, around mm-hmm. chapter 3. You know, Paul talks about, uh, well, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? They say, servants uh, who whom you believed as the Lord assigned, uh, to each, and, and you know, Paul talks about well, I planted, and then Apollos came in and watered. Because people and were kind Christ of uh, saying, "Hey, I follow this one, I follow that one, whatever." Right? Yeah, and and what Paul's Paul's bringing out there and say, "Don't don't think that way. We're 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 working together here as the body. Uh, there's no <laughs> there there isn't the aspect of I do this better than you or or something like that, but just I did." I came in and I, I planted a seed and then Paulus came in and he picked up on what I did. And we're all working together as the body of Christ to give this witness. And it's a consistent witness, but a witness for the good of the person who hears it with the Holy Spirit's blessing to, to use that word that we speak to bring them to faith. But we're doing it, we're doing it together. Uh, now that seems to me, marvelous way to do it. that seems to me that that should take a little bit of the you know, people often feel pressure about witnessing, like, oh, it's all about me, and what if I don't say the right thing? And and isn't it, I mean, this is a gospel thing, not a law thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we ought not get the idea that when we, so we read the, we read the book of Acts and we look at Peter on Pentecost day and he preaches this amazing sermon. We ought not get the idea that I could never do that. So therefore I best just keep my mouth shut. Uh, but rather within your position in the body of Christ, within the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you, speak up, do what you can. Uh, you know, not everybody's going to do this in the same way. And we need those different people in the body to, to bring the witness forward. And speaking of which, when we take a look at <clears throat> the body of Christ that we, we see in the, the written scriptures and God's holy word, you kind of broke down five or six different types of witnesses. Why don't you walk us through this, the types of witnesses that we see uh, from God's word? Sure. So just looking through people in the Bible and what they were doing to, to present a witness, one of the first ones you see are people that we might term as tellers or proclaimers. So this is Peter on Pentecost Day. He's telling the story of Jesus. Uh, this is Paul on Mars Hill, where he looks and he says, hey, let me tell you about this unknown God that you folks have got this, this statue to. Uh, these are people who just lay out the story of Jesus uh, very eloquently. They're, they're really good at it. They can speak on the fly. They can take a situation and turn it into a proclamation or the telling of the story of Jesus. They're, they're marvelous at that. Not everybody does that. You've also got people who are what we might call inviters. Think about Andrew. He found the Messiah. And what does he do? Well, he goes to his brother, Simon Peter, and says, hey, we found the Messiah. You should come check this out. Yep. So brings them with him. So much like a lot of our students are really good at looking at their friends and saying, hey, you know what? You should come to chapel with me on Sunday. Or you should come to Bible class with me on Wednesday night. Just, just come, have a look, check it out. Now, most people and, probably and don't we, view that as witnessing, though. I mean, do, don't we kind of tend to... It is, but we tend to think yeah. that... I think sometimes we sell ourselves a little short. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, to look and, uh, and just to say, well, I'm just going to bring a friend to something. Great. Awesome. Glad that you brought him yeah, here. But we, can, we'll, we'll we tend to the see the, the shazam of the tellers and the proclaimers, and we're like, well, we can't be that, but I guess I can, all I can do is invite my friend to church. Yeah. Well, well we and, shouldn't feel bad about that. That's awesome. That's how it works. Don't feel bad about that. Be glad you do it. And and then once they, once they get here, you find that there are people who are welcomers. Uh, you know, one of the charges the Pharisees made against Jesus was, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. <gasps> but, you know, there's an aspect of having people within the body of Christ who are great at looking at a new person and saying, it's marvelous that you're here. Uh, is this your first time here? Let me help you with this, that, or the other thing. And I got to tell you, Marcus, I'm, I'm really big on that happening more organically than having somebody with a big name tag on them that says greeter. Yeah. Uh, or welcome it's like, oh, because you, get, you get free donuts to do that, don't you? <laughs> you get free donuts to do that. <laughs> it's like, or you come in, you're like, that's the person I don't want to talk to. You know, we used but to we used to line up. Work. It is nice to have some people that that are going to spend. You know, are going that that's what you don't want somebody to come that's to your true. church, show up, and then s kind of sneak out, and nobody ever says anything to them either. No, you don't want that. And we, we've been really blessed here. We've got some folks who are, who are just absolutely marvelous at this. 
we had a woman, she's, she's been called to glory. Her name was Leola. Mm. And Leola was probably 85 years old, and she knew everyone, and everyone knew her. Mm. And she just had a marvelous way of coming up and saying, I'm sorry, I don't believe I know you. And then the conversation would go on. I'm Pastor Mom. She was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <That's right. laughs> that was good, but that could happen too, <laughs> you know? Um, so we have those welcomers, and but we've also got folks who, as people come and they get involved, and perhaps it's a student who doesn't have a Christian background, who looks and says, well, I think I'm going to keep coming, and I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to go through an instruction class with a pastor. People who kind of act like Barnabas, uh, who can encourage them to keep coming to church and to keep faithful in Bible class attendance and, and talk to them about just how is it going? What are some of the trials and things that you're facing? Um, and it's very interesting when you look at that Barnabas as an encourager uh, and that he encourages or he um, exhorted folks. Uh, it's, it's in the imperfect, meaning it was a continuous action. wasn't something that he just did once, slapped him on the back and said, all the best, but something that he was about doing all the time. And that, that's really needed as folks are coming in and checking things out and going through instruction or for whom church is a, is a vastly new experience for them. Well, it kind of shows them that you're, you're, you're there for the long haul. It's not just, Hey, you welcomed exactly. me or you invited me, but Hey, you know, as I kind of have come a couple times now or I've gone to this class, Hey, you doing all right. Let's have a cup of coffee. You got any questions? Can I be of help? That kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And then the the two other kind of folks that I found as I did this study were uh, instructors. Hmm. So people like uh, Priscilla and Aquila, hmm. who pulled Apollos aside and said, hey, there's some things we need to talk to you about in terms of your teaching. And these are folks in your congregation who help out uh, new folks. Maybe they come in and they sit in on the pastor's instruction class. Uh, they already know Jesus, but they're there just to to help out. I remember my first parish, I had a woman who came in, Dolores, who sat in, and she could just do a marvelous job when folks would ask questions to say, well, you know, it's like this. And she would just lay it out in a most wonderful way, where, of course, you know, I, the pastor, I'm trying to think of the deep theological ins and outs of the question. She would just give a very simple so you give your five-minute answer, and then Dolores would go, it's kind of like this in 20 seconds, and I'd go, oh, okay. In 20 <laughs> seconds, and people are like, oh, that's cool, you know. <laughs> she was great. Got it. <laughs> you know, she, she could have, yeah, yeah, I mean, Dolores just would instruct in the face, and I'd sit there, I'm like, geez, why didn't I think of that? She was awesome. And then uh, folks who are willing to be visitors, you know, there's still something that's marvelous. Jesus sent the fellows out two by two uh, to go to the towns and, and to spread the word of God. There's something wonderful in folks who are willing to visit uh, new people who come to the church. So, you know, one of the things that we try and do is we have new people come to the church. We'll look and we'll say, hey, why don't we all just go grab coffee on on Tuesday morning or something like that or go to lunch on Thursday and then just sit and talk to folks and get to know them and, and hear where they're coming from. Uh, one of the things that we're looking forward to in the Everyone is Witness program is that aspect of sitting and listening to folks and learning how to get better at that so that we can engage them and bring and bring the word of Christ to them. Excellent. So those were the, 
those were kind of the folks that I came up with. But can somebody, uh, so you got like, so you got tellers or proclaimers, inviters, welcomers, encouragers, instructors, visitors. Now, surely it's not, you don't look at your own congregation and go, okay, I've got four of these and five of those and six of the other. Sometimes they can be a little bit of several of them, can't they? They can. Uh, there can be several of them, and, and sometimes you see people growing. Uh, they go from someone who can invite to someone who can tell the story. And as I was doing this study, one guy that I came across in the scriptures that really kind of wowed me was Philip. Hmm. So you you look at Philip in, in Galilee, and Jesus in John 1 calls Philip to follow him. And then Philip goes and finds Nathaniel. He says, hey, we found the Messiah, you know, the one that Moses wrote about. Hmm. And Nathaniel gives him that, can anything good happen? And Philip just looks at him and says, come and see. So so here's Philip, the inviter. Just, Nathaniel, just come and meet Jesus. Just come and hear about it. And then a little bit later on in, in the Gospel of John, uh, you've got him in, in John 12, where the Greeks come, and they say, sir, we wish to see Jesus. And then uh, Philip goes to Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip go to Jesus. And the interesting thing in that story is Philip's not recorded as saying anything. Hmm. Instead, he just goes to Andrew, and together with the Greeks, they go to Jesus. So kind of that aspect of, well, now he becomes someone who who welcomes and encourages and accompanies these folks who, who want to know Jesus. So it's almost like he's growing in his role. Isn't that uh, kind of when we, we when we think of the the typical way we would view somebody like a sponsor, maybe in the early church, that they didn't just say, "Hey, yeah. you're on your own," but we have this kind of a kind of identified person that's going to kind of be that well, that encourager to you along the way. That's kind of what he was giving us an example of. Exactly. Yeah, and there's always something wonderful when a new person comes in, you invite a friend to church, and then another friend steps in to say, "Hey, I'd like to get to know you too." Um, so you kind of see Philip doing these kinds of things. And and then when you get to the book of Acts, mm. uh, what, what do you see Philip doing on the, on, the, uh, on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to he's, Gaza? He's the running you know? man. He's the running man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you stop the chariot? You know, he runs up to the Ethiopian and says, oh, hey, look at this. You're reading the scriptures. Uh, tell me the part that you're reading about. And he's reading from Isaiah. And he says, do you understand? He says, then he hit me and goes, no, somebody's got to guide me. And Philip is like, I'm happy to do that. Let me tell you about Jesus. So now all of a sudden, Philip's a proclaimer. So it's as though he's, he's not just one thing. He's many types of witnesses uh, giving examples. And you, and you kind of wonder as you read it, you know, did, did he grow in, these, uh, in his ability over the course of the years? And I think, yeah, sure, because we all grow in our ability over the course of the, of the years, as we study the scriptures more, as we interact with more people, the opportunities arise and we, and we grow and it's wonderful. And, and the Holy spirit uses these witnesses and people hear about Jesus and the Holy spirit blesses that and they, and they come to know Jesus and, and really what's, what's more wonderful than that. Yeah, it nope, doesn't get better than that. that's what it's all about. Doesn't get any better than that. And when you yeah. think about it, when, when Philip, is uh, zipping down the road. I just picture him kind of like chugging along, and I go, "Hey, hey, there's one of those Christians over there. Why don't you guys, Why don't you tell me about this thing?" And uh, and he gets up there. I mean, what does he do to witness? Does he? 
What does Philip have to teach? Does he, um, I mean, the small catechism, I don't think it was printed quite yet. Um, the, the, uh, the eunuch had the, the prophet Isaiah. What, what did he do? What did, where, what did Philip do? Who did he point him to in Isaiah? How, how did he kind of catechize him? What, what does the scripture say about how, how he did it? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. Uh, in, in that story, you get this, this verse of the scripture. Then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. So the fellow is reading from the prophet Isaiah. He uses that passage that the man is reading, and then he tells him the story of Jesus. You don't see Philip looking and saying, let me give you my story. Let me tell you, I was, you know, I was born here and I did this and I did No, the focus is on Jesus. Because uh, that's the story that we've been given to tell. Uh, one of the things that I that I really love about our chapel is some of the artwork we have, and right above the pulpit it says, "We preach Christ crucified," because that's the story we've been given to talk about. You know, I don't get in the pulpit and say, "Let me tell you the Max Mond story." Um, it's deathly boring and completely embarrassing. Oh, so I'm I not know. Gonna it might be. It might's probably terribly embarrassing, but I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> As mine but would it's be. Not gonna, it's not going to save people. It's from not going to save people. Uh, but what's interesting but to me, Max, is, is that he, he he not only tells him about Jesus, he tells him about Jesus beginning at that place. You know, Luther yes. used to say, I mean, of course, we, we're so used to hearing, you know, when somebody says beginning at the scripture, and we think the entire Bible as we have it in the Lutheran study Bible, mm-hmm. right? or in a pub edition yeah. of the Bible. But in reality, this is the Old Testament. This is yep. Isaiah. He doesn't say, okay, let me necessarily take you back. Catechesis doesn't always start with, with okay, here's this 14-week whatever. Now, for all we know, they might have been in 14 weeks in this chariot. They were going a long way. But he mm-hmm. started with the questions that this guy had where he was. How important is that, yeah. do you think, in witnessing? Well, I think that's I think that's very important because it, it shows the person first and foremost. I'm listening to you, and I care about what it is you have to say and what it is you're thinking about. So, this fellow was reading the part where it says, "Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, he opens not his mouth." Right. And it, and and that was that was what was pitched to Philip. What does this mean? Talk to me about He's it. He's like, "Who is that?" So. Yeah, who is this guy? Who is he talking about? Uh, and I think there's many times when we meet people and they come in, and uh, you know, we one of the things we always ask is, "Do you have any questions?" Sometimes they do, and I think it's important that we look and say, "Well, let's ta- let's start with those questions." Now we might look and say, "Wow, that question is going to take us a little while to answer." So please understand that. But we've we've got to engage the person where they're at. Uh, that, that's that's pretty crucially important. I, I think it's, it's absolutely they, crucial. They, and yeah. what, but what's beautiful yeah. to me is, you know, um, the entirety of Scripture is about Jesus. So it doesn't matter where the eunuch may have been. And it was a pretty clean example that which yeah. was which seems obvious even to our own ears when we hear that that that's Jesus. You know, but Luther mm-hmm. used to say you got to look. You know, you got to look for Jesus under every stone in the Old Testament. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about them on the, the guys on the road to Emmaus, um, and Jesus is witnessing to them, 
when he was like going back through through the entirety of the scriptures to tell them about what had to happen to remind them. Um, the entirety of scripture is about Jesus. And so wherever you start, you're going to get to Jesus because Jesus is everywhere. Exactly right. There's, there's, many, there's many stories in the scriptures, but they all go to the one story. Uh, you know, it's, it, we were talking before the earlier, and I said I was working on a Good Friday sermon. I'm working on the, the passage of they stripped Jesus of his clothing. And John says, that was done to fulfill the scripture. And my point is, how comforting is that? Hmm. You know, even the stripping of his clothing points to the fact that God is working out your salvation because that's what the scriptures are all about. Awesome. You know, completely wonderful stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Mons, for taking us through this little um, walkthrough, looking at the uh, different types of tellers, proclaimers, inviters, welcomers, encouragers, instructors, and visitors. And and Philip is an excellent example. And uh, God's blessings to you and your students, as well as you keep going through your the Everyone is Witness materials. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. <laughs>